is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine, but... Uh... <laughs> it's back. <laughs> it's back. It's back to stay until someone sues us. Right. <laughs> so, uh, the last poll we did was about renaming the show. Mm, yes. So, do you have that brought up to where you could read uh, the answers and if anyone wrote anything in? All right, I got it pulled up here. Okay. Let's open her up. So we got two for the grease ring, two for squib loaders radio. Three. Someone unvoted on that one. Yeah. For the Derek Zoolander podcast. Uh, one for what we currently have. <laughs> one for those names all suck. And one for the Mike Oxmall podcast. I don't even know what that is. What was the name of the podcast? What was the name? That guy's name? I don't want to. I don't want to say it because I'm. I'm scared. It's like a one of those things where you say something stupid when you read it out loud. Yeah. Yeah. We'll read it out loud fast. <laughs> no. <laughs> you read it. I don't have it in front of me, dude. Read it. No. No. Dude. I don't want to be. I don't want to be made fun of. Are you kidding me? Come the, on. My, the, <laughs> the Mike Oxmall podcast. I feel like this is the Mad Gab game, and I'm terrible at that game. Yeah, you're not. You're ruining it, man. What was the guy's? What was the name of the dude? Oxmall. Mike. What? Oxmall. Yeah, you're no. What funny. is it? You did it. What is it? <laughs> you say it. That. I didn't do that. I don't have it in front of me, man. I can't read it. O X M A U L. All right. I would think that's a play like Mike Hunt. I have no idea what that is. Yeah. Okay. So the name's, uh, we're still not sure what we're doing for the name of the podcast. No, but we are going to make a ruling. A clarification. Yeah. Is a, a name clarification. We're not changing it, but we are going to make a podcast name clarification. And you will all be informed of the new clarification name clarification yeah probably so, won't be any kind of like uh change to anything in written form either just be we'll just put some minutes up <laughs> yes <laughs> okay there will be it will be a written written clarification buried on, somewhere deep yes in the deep web in the deep web where it's kind of hard to find okay yes. um as far as the polls go though I like doing these polls. I think we've done a couple of them now. Um, if we can keep coming up with something um, to do polls on, um, I, I would like to keep doing these. Yes, I think the polls are fun. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, face, Facebook doesn't really make it easy. They only let you do two options. So you have to do like a third-party app or something like I did on that name one. Right. 
but it worked out, I guess. I've noticed, um, and maybe it's because I'm an idiot, but Facebook doesn't seem to make anything easy. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I am old. Some okay. The, the polls are not easy. Right. They, like, okay. made you go to this third-party site. I didn't really, like, know what was happening when I set that up. And somehow, by the time I was done... It worked. It worked, and it was on the page. So right. Okay. Whether gotcha. I can replicate that, who knows? Who knows? Um, well, and I hear you. I've gotten to the point now where it's like, I don't want to learn anything. I don't want to learn anything new. So oh, I'm on, old. Jason. Yeah, Don't I'm you old. Sound like, is that is that the BOC in you talking? Yeah, I, I think it is the BOC in me talking, dude. <laughs> I'm not, not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie about it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We um we're gonna have an issue. We're gonna have an issue. Hey, so you've uh, been taking off this uh, this month? Did you take off all of July? Did you not shoot at all? Pretty much. I think I shot uh, bowling pins at the very beginning of July. Yeah, then I took off. I didn't actually get anything done. The the idea behind that was so that I could get some stuff done around the house. Uh, I did get my mower fixed. I had time to do that. Uh, But I was supposed to Put some doors up, put some doors up and start demoing my upstairs at my house. I didn't do any of that. I did mow the lawn. That's that's about it. Nice. Anyway, so yeah, that's why I took off. And uh, yeah, just because I was spending a crazy amount of time getting ready for the Oklahoma sectional for a couple weeks. Anyway, I'm about to do that again. I've already started dry fire. Uh, to get ready for the High Desert Classic in the beginning of September in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So me and a couple guys from Duncan and Firearm Solutions are going to be driving up there and uh, giving it hell. How far does it drive? I think it's like nine hours. Originally, I was planning on taking my camper up there and doing that but then they decided everybody was gonna we're gonna carpool everybody's gonna be in the same car so i'll definitely save some money not pulling my camper for nine hours so along those uh, that's a good question i got for you do you when you go somewhere do you like rooming with other people um i like like cheap okay so that's that's a good okay when I first started shooting, I think I started, uh, I had shot a couple IDPA matches that were required a little bit of travel. So I like in late 16, I started shooting in 16, but the end, like the middle way, uh, midway through the year, mm-hmm. I think I shot one or two matches that year where I think I had to travel and they, they actually, actually may have been in 17, but some of the guys that I know would, they would travel and they would room like four or five or six people in a freaking two bedroom or two bed hotel or motel and i'm like no no i don't do that like i'm to save ten dollars i'm not doing that like you know like sharing a bed with another grown man <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. 
so I even got to the point where I was like, you guys, I'm not even rooming with anybody. I get my own room. And they would make fun of me. And I'd be like, you, know, you can make fun of me all you want, but I'm not rooming with four other people. Because then they would tell me the next morning, like, yeah, so-and-so got up in the middle of the night, went outside, got some, went to the vending machine, got some potato chips, comes back in the room, turns the TV on, eats the potato chips at 2.30 in the morning. And I'm like, exactly. That's why I'm not rooming with anybody. <laughs> so, do you, now, do you do that, or do you just want one person in the room with you? Honestly, I don't or really you care. Or beds with other grown men? I'm, I am willing to make things pretty awkward to save some money, honestly. Because what, what keeps me from being more active in this sport is money. So, so yeah, I'll let it get pretty awkward. So, $80 hotel room. Mm-hmm. Split between two people is forty bucks per person. Yeah, that's yeah. If you get two more people in that room, it's twenty bucks per person. So you'll mm-hmm. sleep with another man. Too deep for twenty <laughs> bucks, dude. <laughs> to save hey, twenty dollars. You, you've heard it before. Twenty dollars is twenty dollars. Yeah, I, I guess I, I guess I'm. Yeah, I think when you get my age in life, you're like, no, <laughs> no, I'm good. Uh, I'll, I'll spend the the entire eighty dollars myself, not to have to deal with somebody else. That's just me. I do uh, I, I do have some guys that I've I've stayed with in um, like we'll get a you know the two bed queens and uh, the two queen beds, and um, so me and another guy have gone in on rooms, and I will do that. But it's kind of like you you um, better be cool, you know what I mean, or I won't room with you again. I've traveled quite a bit in my life for work i don't like traveling very much so Mm. yeah i've done quite a bit of traveling for work as well but yeah for work i always had my own room but yeah joking aside i i would have to be pretty comfortable right whoever i was traveling with to you know jump in a bed with them (laughs) (laughs) that would definitely be awkward what are you doing to get ready for that match I was talking to my wife about this the other day, trying to prepare her for how busy I was going to be <laughs> this month. I'm, I'm going to start just for the next two weeks. I'm just going to do like my normal uh, practice schedule, which is basically I'll try to shoot definitely once a week, preferably twice a week. But, you know, that's not always going to happen. But right. I'll shoot Wednesday nights and then probably there's usually a, there's a ton of local matches here at Ada. Like, they do them all the time. Just, like, little little things, and then I'll stick around and shoot a few rounds afterwards. So, I'll be doing that for two weeks, and then I think the last... Or two or three weeks. And then the last two weeks, right before the match, I'm going to try to shoot as much as I possibly can. Like, if I don't have something going in the evening, I'm going to go to the range. Uh, assuming I can keep up with the reloading. Uh, right. Yeah. So that's my plan. I'm going to dry fire a lot. Uh, but one thing I did want to touch on was coming out of a break or even an off season. I feel like people, I, I think there's people that don't talk about this because they don't want to be seen as uh, a bitch, basically. Damn. Yeah. Mm. But if you come out of not shooting for several months and then you come in and you do half an hour of dry fire holding the gun 
like you should be holding the gun, squeezing as hard as you can, and going 100% dry fire after you've not touched a gun for a couple months. Your arms hurt. Your hands hurt. It's it's going to cause some issues. Like, yeah. Uh, and I've definitely experienced this. It's going to cause tendonitis. In, right. In your wrists and your elbows. And people don't want to talk about it because they don't want to be a bitch. But you avoid that by easing into your dry fire. You don't, you don't say, you know, I haven't shot for three months. I'm going to hit it hard right now. Go as hard as I possibly can. Uh, how you do it is you ease into it just like you would if you were working out. You know, you haven't worked out in a couple of years. You're not going to go to the gym and max out your squat three times, you know, and go to, failure, go to failure. You won't be able to walk. Uh, I would. So, <laughs> yeah. So I do the same thing uh, when shooting. So if I haven't shot, even this, I haven't shot for three weeks. Some of my calluses have faded. Hands are softer. Uh, so, like. The other night, I dry fired for 10 minutes. I go as hard as I can, you know, squeezing it as hard as I can for 10 minutes. My hands are toast. They're sore. Any longer, I'd have tore some stuff up. Uh, so then the, not, the next night, I did 15 minutes. And tonight after this, I'll probably go for 18 or 20 minutes. Anyway, you got to build up. That's right. going to help. That's going to help you, uh, one, be able to do it more consistently. Like you don't have to recover as long. You know, we don't have to take a day off. You know, you can do 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and do all consecutively. It's also going to help prevent injury, tendonitis, uh, cutting your hands open, stuff like that. Anyway, I feel like people don't talk about that much coming off uh, of a break, how to ease into it. I don't think that's pretty important. I think because people never come off the break. Maybe. Maybe so. I mean, meaning people, a lot of people don't practice. Uh, well, I like to assume people practice. I know they don't, I don't know. but. So you, what you're saying is you got hands, you got soft hands like a lady. Soft hands, yeah. yeah. Um, so, it's funny that you bring this up. So I have not shot for the last um, week and a half. I've not shot or touched a gun prior to this morning for a week and a half. I was out of town, and uh, I went to Colorado to see some family, see my dad, and uh, I was thinking about taking my gun out there and trying to get stay uh, with the dry fire. So I've heard people like Max Michelle say it. Um, I think I've heard others talk about it, but I, I've, I've, some people say they don't ever not have the gun in their hand. Like Even when they go on vacation, they try to somehow take the gun with them, and maybe always hold it a little bit and do a little bit with it so they just kind of never get that that um, um okay when you take a break and you start holding the gun again like just in a week and a half i was like man this gun feels weird like you know what's going on here yeah. you know and i was like man my hand's hurting and just from holding the gun and like um, pointing it a couple times i was doing it pretty hard but i was like okay it's, what's you know i was like weird so when you when you take a break and you come back to it it takes you that day or those couple sessions of kind of get reacquainting acquainted with with the gun right and in, in the in yeah. the in the movements and the feel because everything's choppy and it's just real cr- crappy right yeah. you're missing reloads you're missing your draws you're missing your transitions so everything's just crappy right for a little bit and then you kind of have to just kind of get reacquainted with everything right 
I do. Yes. Oh, yes, I do as well. So I've almost I'm almost positive that it was Max Michelle that I had heard him say. Yeah, I, I like to never always have the gun in my hand every day, even if it's just for a few minutes. I do a few things. Sometimes it's not really a practice session or whatever, but it's like so I don't get that. I don't have to have that reacquainted reacquaintance period. Um, so um, I've heard people say that before, and I was thinking the same thing. I was like, okay, you know, nationals is a little bit over two months away. I don't really want to do it, but at the same time, I didn't take the gun with me because. I was having to lug a lot of crap out there um, and having, you know, I didn't want to have one more thing to lug out there and bring back. And then I was like, well, maybe this break will be good. Um, so this is probably the second or third time I've put the gun down for at least a week during the year. Mm. Uh, and I come back and sure enough, that first um, session, you know, I'm like, well, man, I'm not even really doing much. My hands hurt. They're, they're not, they're not hurt, but they're a little more tense or a little more cramped. Right. And then you're like, holy crap, I hope this doesn't take a week. But it really only takes about one or two sessions of, you know, 20 to 30 minutes for me. It, it probably takes a little bit more. But um, so, yeah, I mean, I've I was going to take the gun, but I didn't take the gun. And so I've taken a week off, week and a half off. And I've, I've experienced exactly what you were talking about. Um, have you ever had tendonitis? Yeah. I mean, that's why I, I do yeah. this the way that I do it now, because <laughs> coming out of an off season before, you hit it really hard, and then a couple weeks in, and like you can't grip with your support hand very well. Right. You know, like, it hurts to squeeze. I've had it in both arms, and I've got it kind of kept at bay, but um, just taking off this last week, just from not dry firing, I felt like my they were flaming up a little bit more. Well, this morning I dry fired for about 30, well, maybe about 45 minutes. And um, then this evening when I got home, I did it. I think two a days were the best way to get back in it. 30, yeah. 15 to 20 to 30 minutes in the morning and then a little bit at night. Do that for a couple of days. Um, but so exactly. Yeah, that's a good point is um, don't rush back into it because you want to. You know what yeah. I mean? You, I know I do. I want to rush back into it and kind of make up that ground or get back to where I was. Yeah, and I want to do it in you know in an hour's worth of training, and you are gonna, you could stress something out, like you yeah. said. Okay, yeah, and the other side of that is, people do rush into it, they get the tendonitis, they hurt something, they pull something in their forearm, something in their hand, you know, and then they stop. They're like, oh, I hurt something, I gotta stop for a while, so they stop for another couple weeks until it heals up and then they start again do it all over again so you know this goes with like sports injuries tendonitis all that stuff you don't stop you know you you adapt you figure out what you need you use ice you use uh compression you know what's it rice rest ice compression elevation yeah you do those things you 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 work through it you get it to heal, you know, you work out your, your muscle imbalances, you know, that, that's another thing that could cause right. tendonitis. Uh, why, so why is some... that? Why is that? Because w most people, when they're getting into this sport, in this game, what do they do? Yeah, yeah it's just because you're always squeezing and you don't have any of that rear flexation in your forearms. And what do people, reason, you know, but what a, everybody goes out and buys Captain's of Crush, because Vogel talks about them. Right, yeah. And then they sit there and try to, I did this, I tried to work up, I think I got through a number two 
or to one and a half. I think it was one and a half, maybe two. I don't remember. And I was just doing those. I was just doing the crush, right? And my freaking tendonitis, bro, it it was bad. It hurt. It hurt to pick up something out of like a bottle of water out of the refrigerator. Yeah. Okay. So, and then I went to the doctor, and what did the doctor tell me to do? Stop. Stop. Rest. And so I rested. Well, exactly what you just said. It might have felt a little bit better. I never got any shots. I never got any medication. So when I had it, before I went to the doctor, I was doing, I wasn't doing elevation, but I was doing the compression because I was buying those, those, those bands, those sleeves that go over your arm, uh, the compression sleeves. And then I was buying the compression band that would like take some of the stress off the uh, ligament. Mm-hmm. But I was ibu- yeah. doing, I, I was eating ibuprofen like it was, uh, like they were M&Ms. Really and good are, for your kidneys. Real good for your kidneys and liver, I'm sure. <laughs> So um, I was doing all that stuff, and and then the doctor said, "Well, you got to rest." So I rested, and it never really quit hurting. But it, when I got back into it, it just kind of hurt more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then I found um, the thing about uh, a lot of people probably heard about this. I think this guy's name's Chad Anderson. He's a he was a PT guy. I think he was uh, even a shooter himself. Mm-hmm. And um, he's got a couple videos. Have you seen those videos? Uh, no, I don't think so. I've heard okay. of them. So yeah, it's just a couple exercises. I was doing those exercises daily. And that helped a lot, um, a lot. And it was like, well, the, what he was basically saying is doing those exercises get blood flow, gets blood flow to the ligaments, and then that repairs the ligaments mm-hmm. and the muscle fibers. I wasn't doing anything where it broke up the scar tissue or anything like that. Um, so anyway, I was doing those, and that really kind of kept it, uh, got it in check. And then whenever I would feel something, I would start doing those again, those exercises. I would kick back on those exercises. Yeah. But I've also done I also have bought since then I bought the rubber bands for your fingers which is yeah, instead of those, brushing those, those yep. Yeah. So that's kind of what you're saying you're doing one motion, one range of motion yeah. and not and a lot of people don't do the other range of motion, right? Yeah. So um I was doing those and then I got some of the the the, the bands that you grab with two hands and you you preload them and then you you with one arm you roll it back and forth and it's like preloaded with spring tension. It's a yeah. It's like a you know it's like a foam roller that you hold with both hands, but the way you you grip it, it puts a, a preload or a tension of of the spring. It's not spring, but it's real stiff, and you can add that store that energy to where then you have to work your one of your arms at a time, like you're like you're doing a motorcycle rev. Right. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're laughing at me. For the audio listeners, Jason's kind of doing like a. Jacking motion on Easy. the screen Easy, here. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I've done all those things, and those seem to help. Those seem to help quite a bit. Yeah, I agree. I think that's what a lot of people write. Like they see those things, and they think gimmicky. You know, like those those yeah. rubber band dealies. Yeah. Like yeah, it's kind of gimmicky, but it's not shake weight gimmicky. Like it, it's not right. There's 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 a method to it. Like, there's a reason for that. They might not be for everyone, but if you have a muscle imbalance in your forearms, you got some tendonitis, be great. Be great for working the other side of your, your right. forearms. So, yeah, that's another thing. People, they don't work through it. They stop. They wait for the pain to go away. Well, now you've lost a month. You've lost a month of time you could have been improving. Yep. I am firmly in the camp that you don't stop. Yeah. And and the yeah. doctors, the doctors and the PTs will tell you to stop. And 
it's kind of hard for me to argue with those people because they have, you know, degrees and stuff like that. But um, I found that stopping was not the solution in my case. Yeah, I'm sure there are cases where stopping is is the only way. You know, I'm sure it gets yeah. to a point where you have where to stop. You have to stop. Yeah, that's true. And when I say don't stop, I don't mean keep doing what you're doing and don't change anything. You know, you have to change or it's just going to be the same or get worse. Right. But you, you know, you have to change what you're doing. You have to add some things, you know, maybe some deep tissue massage, some exercises, uh, some compression, whatever. But don't, don't stop unless, I, you know, I'm sure there's a point you have to stop. But for the most part, don't stop. I had it, I had it bad, dude. Like, it was to the point where I was either going to stop. If, it wouldn't have, if I wouldn't have gotten better, I would have stopped. Mm. It was bad. I mean, it hurt. It hurt to do to to reach out and grab something, yeah. even if it wasn't heavy. To pick something out, like if I was in my truck, and I would reach out to my passenger seat um, to pick up a jacket to lift, so somebody could get in the, that seat. It hurt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I had I had that in high school. I played tennis, and I had that tennis elbow, and I wore the band on there. Right. Yeah. But. I learned how to get around those things now. So, did you ever have shin splints? Yeah, I did. You know what causes shin splints? What? Heel striking. Yeah. I always heard it was running on hard surfaces. No, it's running on hard surfaces if you're heel striking. It's yeah. the front of your foot trying to keep, keep itself from slamming down when you're heel striking. All I know is I got them and they were bad in high school in football. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, oh. I got oh my too. gosh, it was crazy. I mean, it was, yeah. And so we would get those little Gatorade cups that were, you know, made out of paper, mm-hmm. and they would pour pour water in them, stick a tongue depressor in that, and they would freeze them. And I would take that home with me, and I would peel the paper off so it was just a, basically an ice cube, big old frozen uh, icicle yeah. uh, ice cube the size of a, that cup. Yeah. And I would grab that, and I would just rub that up and down my shin. Yeah. And, um, and I was eating, again, ibuprofen. I got to the point where I would take two ibuprofen before practice. <laughs> yeah, good for you, right? I'm sure my kidneys and liver are just in great shape. Uh, that and with all the yeah. uh, alcohol I drank as a younger man, I'm sure everything's, you know, a-okay. But um, <laughs> so I tell people, because when, when you explain to, like, that tendonitis to people, they're like, what is it? Um, uh, you know, and you're like, have you ever had chin splints? And if they have, they go, okay, imagine that in your arms uh, yeah. right here. And it's not quite the same thing, but it hurts just as bad. So, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, chin splints is from those those muscles on the, the front side of your leg yeah. overworking, basically. Yep. yep. So, again, it's a muscle muscle imbalance or an improper, improper use of your muscles, basically, on chin splints, but. Yeah, I got them because we had a uh, we had a turf room for our at our at my high school, but there was no turf on it yet. So for like six months, we ran all our drills in there with no turf down. We just didn't tackle. Right. And so we, we'd run, you know, or we'd run the warm up drills and stuff like that. And and that's where I got them from running on that hard surface. And I guess doing the hill strike like you're saying. But man, uh, the shin, st- shin splints suck bad. So yes. anyways, yeah. That's uh that's kind of my my rant on coming out of off season or coming off a break too fast. If someone out there is a doctor and they have 
something more accurate, uh, better information than what I just talked about, you should post it on the page because yeah. I would love to read it. I like learning. So that would be awesome. So this one's going long. We'll probably have to break this up into two episodes. What do you think? Yes, absolutely. We need to break it up. That was over an hour. So we're going to break it up and y'all can pick up the second half of this conversation next week.